I'm going to share on something that's rather sensitive. So, ek gaan jou gestadig maar kook, soos a padde in a, in a, in a warm pot. I'm going to slowly get into it. How's that? I'm not going to just jump into it. Because I'm scared you'll uh, see the exit on the door there, which is not actually saying the exit. So, my first point. I'm going to work in points, and then we'll get into the subject. Firstly, fulfillment, we need to understand, comes from God and Him alone. Only God is the source that can fill the greatest longings of your heart. And there's a void and there's a vacuum in the heart of man that only He can fill and nothing else. And as soon as man is alienated from God, death is the result. And we read in Romans 6 verse 23, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen? In Him there's life. So we need to go to Him, the one that can cleanse us from sin and wrongdoing, because sin is basically rebellion against God. Sadly, man is estranged because, from God because he looks for fulfillment in everything except the right place, and that is in God. And many people nowadays look in, are looking in fulfillment, for fulfillment in the creation or the, or, or the things that God himself has created. And no, there will be never satisfaction in that. Never. We read in Romans 1 verse 25, it says there, They exchanged the truth of God for a lie, and worship and serve created things rather than the Creator, who is forever praised. Amen. And we live in a day and age where every, or most people nowadays want to seek fulfillment from the creation or the things that God has created. But true fulfillment only comes through knowing God. The ultimate fulfillment, I can be fulfilled in certain aspects of my life, but ultimate fulfillment comes in knowing God. Sadly, I said here, sadly the greatest delusion of every age is that man may have his deepest needs made apart from right relationship with God. And that is one of the greatest delusions that the world is living in today. You cannot have fulfillment outside of knowing God intimately. Secondly, the law perfectly expresses God. The law is the perfect expression of God's righteousness and character because He's both love and holiness. In other words, genuine love has to operate within a fixed ethical framework. The minute one goes out of a framework, there's damage that's a result. Love is damaged and trust is hindered. Trust is damaged in a marriage when one goes out of those perimeters. Why do you think God gave the Ten Commandments? Because he said this is a framework that I want you to make sure you do not violate, because the minute you do, you will harm yourself. Not because he wants us to adhere to a set of rules and regulations, do this, do, don't do that. 
But sadly, man chooses to violate God, the Ten Commandments to their own peril and destruction. Now, sadly, we live in day and ages where powerful philosophies have been propagated or marketed well that has been totally detrimental to not just society but to this world. And we see things like... Um, there's the, the, the NRA, the, the National Rifle Association, they have a saying that says, guns don't kill people, people kill people. Right? So likewise, we can say that holocausts are not produced by dictators, but lying ideologies that are, made, uh, that are marketed well. Likewise, we have certain ideologies that have been marketed in society that we have bought into. Or most of the world, should I say. I hope none of you have bought into it. But most of this world have bought into it. One of them is the following. The only time freedom is possible is when there are no moral absolutes. Therefore, anyone who makes moral judgments robs others of their freedom. And when you listen to that, you think that is the Magna Carta of personal liberty, but it's not. It is a dangerous, dangerous philosophy that has been propagated. Because the minute we go out of the confines that God has placed and said, this is the way you to live, the minute we go out of those perimeters, what, is the ha what happens? Love is damaged. Without society having fixed, mo the fixed moral rudder in life, we will end up in the mire. And sex has been taken out of the context that it should be in. And that is only within marriage. Hello. Now, I think all of you know that a fire is legal or illegal depending on the context. Is it correct? Or can it just go wherever it likes? You wouldn't have firefighting protection services if that were the case, right? So a fire is legal or illegal depending on the context. So is sex. And God says this is the context, these are the parameters within which sex, a beautiful gift that I give you, is to take place. Anything outside of that is detrimental and is highly destructive. And outside of marriage and the sanctity thereof will only cause you incredible harm. It's one of the most beautiful things to reinforce one's love and the unity of oneness on condition it's within marriage. Sacredness is not just for procreation purposes, but also for mutual trust, surrender, 
that are hallowed and blessed by the pleasures that you can discover together as a married couple and that alone. So, point three. Sexual immorality of any kind is out for a Christian. Is out, out of bounds. Irrespective of what you want to term sexual immorality. If you regard something as sexually immoral, it is out of bounds for a child of God. I would like to to read Galatians 5 verse 19 to 21, if you'd read with me. The acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Hello. In other words, it is not rocket science. It is obvious to all of mankind. Sexual immorality, you can even translate that fornication. Impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissension, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. I warn you as I did before that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God, period. Sure. Moeilijk. I think that is very clear. I don't even have to elaborate. If you choose to willfully indulge in this, you'll not inherit the kingdom of God. And when you get to the pearly gates, or however you want to put it, and you say, but didn't I drive out demons? And and then God's going to say, I didn't know you. Depart from me. I wonder how much of the church is going to say that to, or the so-called church. 1 Thessalonians 4 verse 3 it says, 1 Thessalonians 4 verse 3, It is God's will that you should be sanctified, that you should avoid sexual immorality, in other words of any kind. That each of you should learn to control his own body in a way that is holy and honorable. Not in passionate lusts like the heathens. In other words, they're involved in that. But you shouldn't be. Us as children of God, that's out of bounds. Who do not know God. And that is the matter, sorry, and that in this matter no one should wrong his brother or take advantage of him. The Lord will punish men for all such sins as we have already told you and warned you. For God did not call us to be impure but to live a holy life. Therefore, he who rejects this instruction does not reject man, but God who gives you his Holy Spirit. This is a moeilijke woord, eh? You reject this, you don't reject man, you reject God. And sometimes when we get a message we don't like, we want to persecute the messenger instead of persecuting the sin in our lives. 1 Corinthians uh, 6 verse 9 to 10 says, Do you not know that the wicked will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither the sexually immoral, nor idolater, nor adulterer, nor male prostitute, nor homosexual offender, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkard, nor slanderers, nor swindlers, will inherit the kingdom of God. Full stop, period, end of story. And sadly, in this day and age, we try and twist what the Word of God says. Mm. 
Now, sexual immorality can be. I put a few. I just threw a few little things. There are numerous more that one could put there. Fornication is sex before marriage. If you willfully are indulging, and there's no one here like that. But if you have children that one day want to indulge in fornication and they willfully carry on knowingly, they will go to hell. Period. Homosexuality, and we're living in a society where if you don't, do not accept it, you are outdated. Lesbianism, the same. Adultery, debauchery, bestiality, pornography. Anything that is out of the bounds that God has placed is sexual immorality and does not belong in a kingdom citizen's life. When David sinned and he went and he slept with Bathsheba, he committed adultery. You remember that story? When he was convicted, what did he say? I have sinned against. First and foremost, he says, I've sinned against God. Yes, but. Debauchery is basically any excessive indulgence. Any excessive sexual indulgence. Okay? Bestiality is with animals. Okay? Where we now? Sorry, I should have maybe explained that. David, when he sinned, he said, I have sinned against God. Any sexual immorality is first rebellion and sin against God, then to mankind. Or to yourself. So this morning I want to share on point seven. Our fourth point. Pornography is a secret death wish to you and to your marriage. And I don't know who of you are involved in it. I trust and pray none of you. But the chances are slim. Sad to say. And many of you say, oh, please don't touch that subject that's out of bounds. But the world talks about it, and the church mostly remains silent. And if we do not address major critical issues that are affecting us in the 21st century, we are in trouble. We are in major trouble. And the church at large remains silent in this regard. Sadly, this... Pornography is affecting every facet and area of society in this day and age. And I think all of you know that. I don't think that's rocket science. Pornography is not small business. It is massive business. It is big, big business. Sadly, it's even starting to corrupt the church. And destroying the nations of this world. And we and Christians need to be, be involved in this battle. And to help protect society and ourselves against the destructive forces 
of this curse. There's a, there's a global epidemic of cyber porn, internet pornography like never before, and it's growing still at an alarming rate. And we, I think all of you know it's propagated by most media now. We see it in TV, we see it in adverts, we see it in the internet. It just There's so many different ways. Did you know that people spend more on pornography than on gambling? I've given a definition or my definition of pornography. It's exposure which leads to sexual arousal through explicit pictures, writing, or any other material. Anything like that is regard, should be regarded in your heart as pornographic. I've put all these stats. Some, uh, s- sadly, the stats are very outdated. If you go and surf the net, so to do research on this is very difficult. Okay, I certainly don't have the resources. But some stats that I've got: thirty-eight percent of adults believe it is morally acceptable to look at pictures of nudity or explicit sexual behaviour. Thirty-eight percent think it's fine. Do you understand how depraved man has become? George Barner says that 28% of born-again Christians feel it is acceptable to view pornographic pictures. Yet the Bible says in Matthew 5, verse 27 to 30, an incredibly important passage of Scripture, Jesus saying, You have heard that it was said, Do not commit adultery. But I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Do you understand the mental constraints that you and I need to put in our hearts before our eyes? If your right eye causes you to sin, gouge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your soul, for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to go into hell. Sure, those are harsh words coming from the Messiah. Anything that causes you to sin, cut that out of your life. Now, don't, don't please go and literally gouge your eye out because it comes from your heart. But you understand the constraints that you and I need to put before ourselves. If you want to live a pure and holy life that is pleasing to God and that is not destructive to your marriage and to your relationship with others. 59% of of adults believe it is morally acceptable to have sexual uh, thoughts or fantasies. Yet what does the Bible say? No. We've just read it. You, even if you just think of a woman lustfully, you have committed adultery in your heart. So sexual fantasies, anything like that is unacceptable for a child of God. Wrong. Why? Because God has, that's why he said, and Paul said it, he said, if you can, cannot control yourself, rather marry. And then make sure that you, in, make sure that you Enjoy your sexual pleasure within the confines of your marriage. 
do things within your marriage context and that alone. Explore one another, enjoy one another, only within the marriage, in, in the marriage bed and nowhere else. And you are to make sure that your spouse is fulfilled sexually in your marriage. Only you can do it, for those of us that are married. And if they are not fulfilled in the sexual part of the, of the married life with you, you are in trouble. And I encourage you to talk to them and say, is there any way that you are not fulfilled in your married life with me? Make sure your spouse is sexually fulfilled. If, however, men, you do not romance your wife, she will not open up to you in sex very easily. Then it becomes a difficult ball game. So I encourage you to make sure so that you learn to show affection to your spouse. But never withhold yourself. Give yourself completely to your spouse. This will become so much less of an issue. 41% of surveyed adults admit that they feel less attractive due to their partner's pornographic use. Is it destructive then to a relationship? Well, here the stats say it. Why? Because they feel you're comparing them to someone else. Your spouse will feel, and I say spouse now, and not uh, your, your wife will feel that, because now it's even becoming an epidemic with, with, with the ladies now. More and more young ladies are starting to get into it. Did you know that three million, in other words, dollars, in other words, about, our times are by eight, just to make it simple. About 24 million is spent every second on porn. What a flushing of ching down the toilet. Hey? How tragic is that? How many farms would you buy, Roger? It's now a 13.4 billion, 107 billion rand industry in the U.S. alone. In the world, it's 773 billion rand. In other words, 96 billion U.S. dollars. That is how big that industry is. There are no, now more, more outlets for hardcore pornography in the United States than McDonald's restaurants. How tragic is this? One in three, listen, one in three ten-year-olds have been exposed to porno, porno, pornography online. One in three. Why do you think I will not give my ten-year-old son a cell phone? Das nie a manier. Why? Because I, I protect him. And it is your role as a parent to protect your child. Because they will have kids that will send them explicit, unacceptable media on their phone, I assure you. Be very careful when you release things in a child's life. It's a very difficult balance, that one. I know we want to be in contact and, you know, fine, pick up your kids, but be very, very careful. 
16-year-old boys and girls regularly access porn online, while one in three 10-year-olds have seen it. 60% of 11 to 16-year-olds have internet access in their rooms. That's the UK male. 12% 12% of websites on the internet are pornographic, making there 24 million porn sites. These are old stats, by the way, because I could not find any of 2012. One of the largest porn sites in the world received 4.4 billion page views a, a month by 750 million unique visitors, three times the page views of CNN or ESPN. How horrific. What a waste of good time. Playboy websites now average about 5 million hits a day. It has been estimated that approximately 1 in 3 girls and 1 in 7 boys will be sexually molested before the age of 18. How horrific is that? Make sure you protect your child. The relationship of pornography to child sexual abuse is complete, com- compelling. S- 77% of those who molested boys and 87% of those who molested girls said they were regu- regular users of hardcore pornography. The stats are there. I'm General Motors, the world's largest company, now sells more pornography sells more graphic sex films than the direct TV distributory than does hustler pornographer Larry Flint, according to the distributors of the film. How horrific is that? Go look yourself. You'll find those statistics on the net. And please note, this is all old stats. You will not find up-to-date relevant stats. These are all old, years old. Isn't it heartbreaking? Do you understand? Do you, can you even glimpse the effect that it's going to have on your children and your children's children if we don't do something? Do whatever you can to protect your children. You see, pornography says the best sex is outside of marriage. Yet stats show that is a lie. Stats show the best sex takes place within the confines of marriage. The happiest people in the sexual realm are married couples. Sexual couples get more sex than those that are not married. Go and read the stats. Very, very interesting. Proverbs 14.12 says, There's a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it leads to death. This is, tell, let me tell you this is one of them. If you want to destroy your spirit, get involved in pornography. You're to pursue your wife and your husband only. Here are some reasons that I have written down that I believe are damaging to your relationship within marriage when you indulge in pornography. Firstly, marriage is an exclusive relationship and pornography immediately brings in a third party. 
No. Pornography is an is is a sexual is a sexual adultery as is a is a portrayal of our spouse's trust. Sorry, and thus it is most certainly destructive to any marriage. Never forget that it is death disguised as liberty. You're betraying your, the trust of your spouse when you can indulge in that. You can become dissatisfied and unhappy with your spouse because the images you saw might be more attractive than your own spouse. When done habitually, a person's character changes. There's a neurochemical imbalance that takes place and it's almost like being on drugs. You need that fix. So they say. This will produce guilt, shame, and self-recrimination. It is an escaper from reality and is, a, and is about a vicarious sex. It permits a person to grasp for something that does not belong to him. That's why God says, one man and one woman. Marty belongs to Hannes and him alone. No one else. Who of you that have a son or a daughter, would you like to see your children in a, in a pornographic movie? Near near. I don't think there's any parent that would like to see that. Then protect your children. Protect your grandchildren. Encourage them to put certain perimeters in place in their lives. Boundaries in place. All of us want to be chosen and be the only one in another person's life. Thus, pornography can be devastating to your partner because they feel you chose someone else over them. How, have you, how many of you would feel like that? It will most certainly not spice up your sexual life, for it could create expectations that cannot be met. And is devastating to your marriage. Sadly, it, pornography is the cruelest hoax of the 21st century because it portrays something that is un, unreal. Where people grasp for something that is not theirs and they cannot have. Because true intimate relationship can only, be, only take place between you and an individual. But it should only take place within the marriage relationship. Any time outside of that, it is devastating. <coughs> Highly devastating. Number five. Man is called as a protector and not a predator. We are called to protect the sanctity of marriage and when you indulge in pornography you become a predator it's all about taking for yourself and you take trying to take what's not yours and imagine everyone had to stop and say but I'm, I'm the man hello is the protector of the woman 
it will all slowly fade away. There will be no more support. It won't be this massive industry any longer. And I trust and pray that we would propagate truth within our children's lives, that they would stay far away from this vile disease. Number six, freedoms from sexual sin and pornography. I believe that you and I need to take every thought captive, because that's what the Word of God tells me. Every thought that is not of God, we need to take it captive and make it obedient to Christ. You see, it's not having a thought that is out of line that is wrong. It is the indulgence and the allowing that to run. The minute we have a thought that is not in, not according to the word of God or is out of line, we need to take it captive and say, out you go, I'm not interested in that in my life. When we run with it, that's when we're going to end up in sin. 1 John 3, 6 to 10, it says, No one who lives in him keeps on sinning. No one who continues to sin has either seen him or knows him. Dear children, do not let anyone lead you astray. He who does what is right is righteous, just as he is righteous. He who does what is sinful is of the devil, because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. No one who is born of God will continue to sin, because God's seed remains in him. He cannot go on sinning. Because he has been born of God. This is how we know that who are children of God and who are children of the devil. Anyone who does not do what is right is not a child of God. Nor is anyone who does not love his brother. And you are not loving your brother when you touch his spouse. You, and I mean in any in adulterous way. You are not loving your brother when you look at his daughter on the movie screen that is R-rated. And I encourage you, let us as the church stay away from that. Romans eight thirteen to 14 says, For if you, are, if you live according to the sinful nature, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. Because those who are led by the Spirit of God, of sons of God, do we need any more convincing? We need to choose to put away the misdeeds of the body. So how, how do you deal with this? Get it out in the open. Go and see someone. If you are battling with this, go and see someone and you become accountable to that person. Get computer software on your computers there's net nanny there's many different computer software programs that you can put on your computers if you have children you better do it if you have children and you have a computer and they have access to it put that on put put restriction so that they do not fall come fall into that trap Confess your sins to God. 
can accountability buddy walk in uh, the forgiveness and freedom you've achieved once you've repented and then flee the temptation. Do not, if you're battling with that, you do not ever work with a computer on your own. Where are you, And if you cannot control yourself, you do not have a modem on your own. And if you cannot control yourself and you have internet access, you make sure that people can see you 24-7. This is a, let me tell you, this is not just a trap that the world is falling in, even people in the church. You are not immune. And then stay free. And stay true to what God commands in His Word. Stay pure. One of the best ways is following the example of Job. Job said in in Job 31 verse 1, I made a covenant with my eyes not to look lustfully at a girl. You and I need to make covenants in our hearts saying, I will only reserve my eyes for my wife. And vice versa. If you don't, you will fall. And you will reap a whirlwind of destruction. (coughs) That's why God says, Sexual immorality is wrong. How many, how many unborn babies have been sacrificed on the altar of sexual pleasure? That's what all it is. Let's be, let's be straight. That's all it really is. And I want to encourage you, train your children. These are the confines. This is why. These are reasons. These are the dangers. Be careful. And please note, age appropriate, don't start telling a three-year-old about this kind of nonsense. I wonder how many of us here need to repent. You know in your heart. If you're not strong, here in your and you and you cut off, and you have a strong relationship with God. I assure you, you've fallen in this area. I know. And God calls us to a lifestyle of purity and holiness. So I want us to bow our heads. And if you've fallen in this area, I encourage you to make right with God now. I'm going to give a minute or two where you can just talk to God alone.
Lord Jesus, we thank you that you love us unconditionally. Father, we thank you for the most incredible gift of sex. But thank you that you placed it within the context, within the confines of a marriage relationship, between a heterosexual relationship between a man and a woman. Not just for procreation, but also for enjoyment. And we thank you for that amazing gift. But we ask you to forgive us for those of us that have gone astray in any area. And Lord, I thank you for the freedom that you bring as we make right with you. And I thank you for new beginnings. I thank you for deeper intimacy in the marriages in this congregation. And those that are listening, I pray that there would be a greater depth of love and enjoyment within the marriage relationships. Lord, those of us that are not married, I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would encourage them to be strong. And to devote themselves completely to you. And not to indulge in the gratifications and the desires of the flesh. And I pray, Lord, that those that are in love, that they would not abuse their spouse in any way, their, 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 their partner. But they would go and choose to get married. And so, Lord, I pray that you would grow and mature us as your church, that we would take your word and choose to live by it and not deviate from it, not to add or to subtract, but that we would learn to stand up for what you call is right and what you call is wrong. Because you only put those boundaries in place to protect us, and we thank you for that. And forgive us for our folly where we have so often deviated from those boundaries. We bless you in this place. We thank you for your faithfulness, your goodness, and your enduring love for us. We bless you, Lord. Amen.